0: Welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast, where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and you share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. All right, podcast audience, I want you guys to be the first ones to know that I will be conducting live free online training on how to get a job with a Fortune 500 company. Yes, it's how you get a job with the companies that receive thousands of applicants per job opening and how with this three secrets that I'll cover in this live training class, you will be able to stand out amongst the crowd. So I'm gonna talk about in this um, training, I'm gonna talk about three things. Number one is the real reason why most students receive rejection emails and I'm going to teach you how you can prevent this from happening and pretty much practically guarantee that you get at least an interview Um, and I know you all get those emails I've gotten those emails myself right Uh, we're sorry to inform you that we've decided to move with another candidate yes I hate those emails and I don't want those emails for you so I'm going to tell you how you avoid those emails Um, Number two is I'm going to talk to you about how receiving a job offer from a Fortune 500 company is as simple as an open book test. And you do not need the perfect GPA, that 3.5, 3.9 GPA, or a particular major like accounting or finance or engineering to get those job offers either. You can still get job offers without that perfect GPA or a particular major. Um, and then secret number three is I'm going to show you, I'm going to talk about how Fortune 500 companies handle campus recruiting and how you can take advantage of this inside secrets to set yourself apart from thousands of other candidates. Um, whether this is your first time listening to this podcast or this is your hundredth, um, you know, um, I've, I've personally been on the other side, right? I've been on campuses representing PepsiCo interviewing talking to people i know how this works i've interviewed hundreds of other companies and understand how this works so i decided to put this free online training for you so if you are interested i only have spot for 100 students it's just really what zoom the platform that i use allows me to have um, go to mastering college to career.com forward slash free training to register first 100 students get access. The other ones, you snooze, you lose, buddy. Welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have an amazing guest for you. We're going to be talking about marketing. You guys know I love marketing. I went to school for marketing and management. And today I have Eric Harbison, and he is the co-founder of the Marketing Help. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: Doing great, Daniel. Thanks for having
0: me on. No, thank you for being on. Thank you for coming and spending some time with us and sharing your knowledge about marketing. I know that you have a lot of experience. You teach marketing, you've you know you've worked in marketing for a long time. so tell us tell the audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. yeah, I mean, I guess um, I think from day one i was I was kind of destined to to help others, and I say that because my father was a teacher, my mother was a nurse, so in my DNA somewhere, I knew I had to give back, which is probably why. Marketing was a good angle for me to pursue. Um, I knew I wanted to be in marketing since I was, you know, probably in, you know, 10, 11, 12. So was able to go to, to college, get a degree in advertising, turn that into a run of 20 years working at various digital marketing agencies uh, and, and all kinds of roles, uh, all, all sizes. I started my own agency. I, you know, a couple, of was four of us all the way to an agency that was a couple thousand people. So I kind of saw the inside, you know, providing services for various brands and industries. Uh, And then after 20 years, I decided to to try to go client side and experience, you know, what's it like to focus on marketing just for one brand? And obviously you have internal clients to deal with, but it was a shift and it was, um, you know, a CMO role for five years at a software company, which was a tremendous experience um, and absolutely leveraged what I learned in the agency world uh, over to the um, the client side, uh, learned a ton, built some teams, you know, drove some growth, drove some revenue, uh, but I always in the back of my mind was saying I'd always love to go back and, and do my own thing again. Question was doing what? So as you mentioned, I've been doing some teaching at universities here and there, uh, always talking about digital marketing and what it meant to the marketing major. So how do I get a job? How do I do my resume? And and found a, a real connection in helping students navigate that issue, uh, that turned into a side kind of business, you know, which was the marketing help at the time. So I decided after you know 25 years of doing this to like, let me just give back and focus in on helping marketers navigate their career and make the marketing help a full-time thing. So the marketing help now turns into a, um, it's more of a resource, I like to call it, where it's, it's a resource for individual marketers, as well as it is for marketing teams. And uh, we can provide support in mentoring and resources for the individual, as well as developing and assessing the um, you know the growth opportunity for marketing teams inside of companies. And you know to be doing this now, uh, which is something I always love to do. Uh, you know they say it's you know for me it's like a dream come true.
0: That that's amazing. And so, and you have all these experiences in marketing. You 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 co fund the marketing help, and now one of the parts of the, you guys do for marketing help is help individuals with their marketing career, like kind of what to do. You know, I, what, what I think is really interesting, right. Um, about marketing is how much has changed throughout the years. And, and and what I mean by a change throughout throughout the years is when I went to school for marketing, if you were very analytical, you would not think of going into marketing as a career. And I think about this now because my wife is somebody that's very analytical and she went to do finance. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if we were back in school, if we go back six years ago, you know, not to seven years ago, when my wife and I were in school, I think marketing would have been a great option for her because now having analytical skills is a strength within marketing, right? It's a big aspect of marketing because now so much of it is trackable. Um, and so I think that's a big change that I've seen that I think is really interesting. What are your thoughts on, on that change and what do you think is going to continue to change?
1: Yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, getting into marketing and always, especially digital marketing, and you're right, it's always, um, everything's measurable. So thus, you better figure out on what to do with that information when it's collected. Uh, I like to think that at the DNA and the construct of any great marketer, there's there's an analytical side and there's a creative side. Doesn't mean that you need to be an MIT grad, doesn't mean you need to know how to create, you know, flash and and build a website overnight. But there's an element of, of being comfortable with data that is a must. And when I you know, mentor students and, and teams, I make sure that Google Analytics at a bare minimum is something that everyone is comfortable with. And it isn't just knowing how to navigate the reports, but you know, probably some, some stuff that your wife has experienced is knowing what to do with the numbers once you have them. So how do you analyze the data? How do you tell stories from the data? That is a very unique skill, or I should say it's an expected skill uh, for any marketer absolutely coming out, you know, today into the world of marketing. Um, but to your point of like, where's it going? Uh, what's it look like six more years from now in terms of anyone who's studying marketing, what will they be talking about or what will they be preparing for? You know, it's always going to be, you know, it's, it's the evolution and continue the path of that, that analytics and the, and the numbers and the data, um, you know, machine learning, uh, AI powered systems. Uh, I always believe, me personally, I always believe there's going to be need for human intervention interaction, but the question is, uh, it's got to be something that's kind of, you should be learning as a freshman in high school, probably how to uh, tell stories with data. Um, I think one thing that won't change in the next five to 10 years is there's always going to be a need to focus in on the customer. So customers will always be buying products and services from other, you know, from businesses, if you can't maintain a focus on that customer, no matter what the new network, tool, app, whatever it is that comes out, if you don't have an ability to connect with understanding human behavior, then uh, you're, you're gonna have a hard time being successful in marketing.
0: Yeah, it, it's super interesting to think because if, if even if I think about when I was in high school, a lot of the positions that are now regularly level entry positions in marketing didn't exist, yep. right? And so to think about people who are in high school now or just starting out college, by the time they graduate, there might be positions that they, they never existed um, within just not just marketing, but in any field. I think marketing is one that is changing so much because social media has completely changed the way marketing is. Right? Like, like that's how they make their money, right? It's through their advertisements and, and now it's data. But, I, I think is interesting, but, uh, tell us, uh, I have qu- so if a student right now is, in- is, is a marketing major, um, what is something that they should like, what are some soft and technical skills maybe that they should really polish polish in order for them to be able to stand out and get some really good marketing opportunities once they graduate?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because, uh, at least in, in marketing students that I'm talking to and dealing with, um, communication is always going to be a soft skill that, that, whether you like it or not, you just have to be aware of it's importance. So writing, like, you know, I've I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of great content marketers in my career and they can't stress enough how important it is to just be able to write. Now, while I'm not talking like thousand word blog posts, I'm talking about just comfort level with expressing thought. Um, and if you want to go a little further, it's, you know, how can you tap into the, uh, to the mindset of who you're trying to write for, but at a, at a bare minimum, comfortable writing and nowadays you know students that are writing papers or or any sort of documentation you know the 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 spell check and the grammar check you know that's easy stuff that that can be factored so even more reason why uh, it shouldn't be hard to just pick up uh you know writing a paragraph here or there uh creating an entry because guess what when you go to look for a job you can actually point to your experience in writing uh in your linkedin publish account or in a medium account that you have, or in your own block. So I think writing is gonna be a skill uh, that should be something you should be comfortable with. Communication also because like, you know, you're going into sales, you're thrust into a position where you had to know how to work with people, and it's not always easy, and there's, you know, personality types, so how can you be aware of how to better communicate with different behavior types or different personalities, and providing guidance or taking a psychology course uh, can certainly help with that. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, you just want to be, you know, I heard this the other day on, on uh, another podcast, I can't remember where it was, but it was about the importance of emotional intelligence is what will set you apart when it comes to, you know, how well can you adapt to your first, your first job, any job really, but definitely a marketing job.
0: So communication and emotional intelligence, like those are key. And, and those actually just not just for marketing. I mean, I think pretty much any job out there is looking for those skills. I recently had a conversation with a fortune 50 company. Um, they're, they're, we're talking about potentially, you know, partnering in the podcast and they're particular looking for their marketing summer internships. And I was shocked to hear that they look, they're looking for basic coding skills. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, that is coming into the marketing world too. Not only does finance and accounting companies want basic coding skills, but marketing as well. Like, have you heard that from other companies, or is that just an outlier?
1: Yeah, I think coding is important. You know, be aware of it. I don't know that in an internship they'll sit you in front of a computer for eight hours a day and say, you know, create something. Maybe they will. I don't know. But but being familiar with how coding works is a definite must. Now, basic HTML, you can't go wrong with that. Um, you know, there's there's tons of programs out there on all the learning platforms where you can get a quick uh, digest of that sort of information. So familiarity, I think, is important of how coding works. Uh, if you even know what some of the language is, uh, JavaScript, pixels, if you know what those things are, that that matters. You have to be an expert in it. Uh, probably not. But but you bring up another point I was going to mention about, you know, when you think about jobs and jobs that exist or, or will exist, I think the businesses are getting it wrong in the fact that, and maybe not wrong, but they're not, businesses are looking for unicorns at entry-level marketing jobs, where if you looked up right now for a job search on a digital marketing coordinator role, and if you just did a quick search on five digital marketing coordinator roles and put them all together, they would be so different from one another because what one company thinks a digital marketing coordinator should do is vastly different than another. So as a student or someone looking for the job, I'm confused because there's no standardization of what digital marketing coordinator should be doing. Listen, all of them are opportunistic and get you exposed to a lot of different skills. But I think businesses have to be very specific about what they're looking to bring in, uh, you know, from a, from a entry-level um, position or someone that's going to help them with digital marketing. Super interesting.
0: I know that when we had talked about before this podcast, we talked about six career factors that will prepare you for, um, you know, a successful job search. Like, let's, let's, let's talk about them.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, you know, this is all about when you talk to the, if you're a student, let's say, and you're saying, I don't know where to start in marketing or I'm about to start my search for marketing. Where should I begin? And six factors that, that me and my business partner Jed came together from all of our years working, building teams, growing teams, listening to why certain people come to work for a company or why they leave a company. And it's six things. Um, the first is challenge. I'll just I'll go through them and then I'll, I'll break them down. So challenge, it's challenge, it's company, it's location, it's salary, it's title, and it's balance. So in no particular order, those are the six factors. Now, the the ask of these uh, students or soon to be marketers is, can you rank those from one to six? What is the most important one of those things to you right now in what you're looking to do? Now you think about it, a student may want to live in New York a student may want to uh, work for a startup a student may want to work for a specific company so when you start to rank those that's when it starts to become interesting and start to, to kind of crystallize a path now quickly describing what each of them are well I think a challenge the challenge is basically you're you're looking for the opportunity to be pushed outside your comfort zone on a regular basis. you are basically investing and ready to go uh, be a sponge and as it indicates, just be challenged as much as you can within your time in whatever job it is that you're working for. Um, Company uh, comes down to, you know, some people know the specific name of a company they wanna work for. They they wanna work for Facebook, they wanna work for Google, or they wanna work for a nonprofit, or they wanna work for a startup. So company really helps to indicate not just the name, but also the type. Uh, But in some cases, maybe it's a company that has to have a mission-driven culture. Like a lot of students, you know, are drawn to these types of companies. Um, location is another. So I must live in my city. I must live in a big city. I must be remote. A lot of, a lot of students are favorable uh, thinking about working remote because those jobs do exist. Uh, salary is just, you know, indicates more of total compensation. So not just the, you know, the, the salary, but what's part of the total compensation for that role? Because in some cases, you may have a low starting salary, but have high benefits uh, or some other perks. Uh, title, again, probably more, it, it's more relevant and more of a higher priority when it's mid-level career or somebody who's looking to advance into the executive level. And then balance is really just about, you have a work-life balance preference. You've got got—you've got something keeping, there's other obligations you have where you're not looking to work um, too imbalanced, meaning... Uh, you're not looking to spend 80, 90 hours a week on the job. So it's it's the exercise is rank those one to six, and then you ask a peer, someone you can trust, spouse, coworker, friend, hey, can you rank these for me too? What do you think I think would be number one through six? And then have them do that too. Then you compare them. And would you would would it be funny to you know if your friend or who you trust has the same ranking then? Then it's validation to say, let's let's pursue that path. But imagine if somebody has it completely out of whack and they think you think his salary should be number one, yet you think challenge is number one, then there might be some opportunity to uh to discuss that and, and adjust that before you set your path forward.
0: Eric, I, I think you know, and when we talk about this, I was sharing with you on page 45 of my book, I lit, um I have. It's very similar exercise and whether, you know, I think you, you, you have the six or I have 10 different ones, which are essentially the same thing. I say experience, compensation, company culture, company mission, growth, industry, work-life balance, uh, benefits, location, and personal development. I think it comes down to... a, a self-awareness right of what's important yeah. to you what's going to make you happy um and when i do live workshops i this is one if i have you know more than 45 minutes is more than a keynote these are one of, this is one of the exercises that i do and so i'll get somebody to come on board and we'll, and we'll list them. we'll list them right and we'll say if your number one is uh challenge raise your hand and then we'll tally it up and what's interesting is how even stevens generally this is you know yeah. You, you assume that everybody has the, the same number one as you. Um, I assumed that everybody had the same number one as me, which was compensation, right, um, mm-hmm. or salary in, in, in yours. But the reality is that that's not the case. And um, when you do this, it gets you it gets you so much clarity on where you should focus your time applying, what are the top of the companies, the type of jobs, um, that everything, you know? And, and this really does give you clarity. What I've never thought about, which is so amazing that you brought it up, is having other people involved in this for you, asking them what they think about you, because sometimes they can give you an unbiased decision that you you might be like, no, I I don't care about money. And then three people in a row tell you that, no,
1: you're extremely
0: money motivated.
1: (laughs) Exactly. The truth hurts sometimes. And that's what this would help validate is that uh, it could work the other way too, where people are like, "All you keep on talking about is you want to work in San Francisco. Why is that not your number one priority?" Oh, I never thought about that because I, I thought about the company first. Well, great, pick the lo- make San Francisco your focus in terms of location. You better not have salary at the top because you're not going to be making much. if This is an entry level job, so focus on the challenge and the company location. That's a good you know top three because then it keeps you away of thinking about you know uh, the number. Uh, although you'll get to that if you get a job offer, but it keeps you honed in on um, in San Francisco, you can work for a tech startup or an agency. Well, is important to me, but I want mission driven companies. Okay, well then these three agencies are out. These two tech companies are out. Here's one that you know has a nice charity program that you work with. Then you feel really good about putting the time and effort behind what is next, which is you know preparation for the job, you know job search and the interview and the resume and all those things. Which it's it's a big time investment, but again, wouldn't you want to feel better connected or more connected to your your path and your pursuits by getting these things figured out first?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, out of curiosity, what would be what was what would be your number one? I mean, I think it changes throughout the years. I think, I, um, you know, but when you graduated college, what was your number one?
1: <laughs> well, the thing about that is the the um, this exercise, and you may talk about this too when you do your workshops, is like definitely do it before you start your career, but do it annually. Like every year when you get your, your, uh, bonus, uh, uh, review or whatever it is, take a step back and then do that in your current job. Cause you may realize that, you know what, I'm sick of working 90 hours. Balance has to be number one for me. And that's going to force you potentially, not force you, but lead you to uh, a more fulfilling job, maybe somewhere else. But for, so for me, I remember when I graduated college, I was all about working for an agency because I had, you know, people came to our school to talk about working for an agency. So for me, I was very, very interested in the, uh, the, the opportunity to work and learn. So I um, was fortunate to get into an agency, which again, I liked it because I stayed there for 20 years working inside of agency to agency, but uh, it was definitely the challenge. A uh, company would be next to that because it had to be an agency. Um, I think location, because I wanted to stay in, in the Philadelphia region. Uh, and that's, that's what led me to stay at my first job for four and a half years. Certainly wasn't the salary because the, the pay at that time was not really much, uh, you know, I had to still live at home, but eventually, uh, you know, go all the way up until five years ago, when I decided to move off into the, the marketing help, I actually did this exercise before I started to kind of wrap my head around, what do I want to do? And it was company challenge and balance which to have challenge and balance in the same priority is kind of a paradox because how can you challenge yourself and give all to something but still think you can get a, a balance um, and flexibility in your schedule? But for me, it was being a consultant because when you're a consultant, you can have the challenge and the balance because you're calling and setting your own schedule. So that led me to you know, you know, propping up the marketing help, going to find a couple of clients that can support uh, the challenge of wanting, or should say the company, which is focusing on the company that is helping others succeed in marketing still be challenged, but still be flexible.
0: Amazing. Eric, um, in marketing, um, you can either, you know, be really a generalist or an expert within a, a, an area of marketing. Mm -hmm. Is there a better route to take as a college student, you know, should you start becoming an expert in a particular area whether like whether it's email marketing, whether it's Google analytics, whether it's social media management um, or is it better to start off more like a generalist going in there like a you know without specialization? what are your thoughts? Is there a right or wrong answer? I
1: don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think it's really gonna be you know there's gonna be opinion shared then the students gonna have to make their own decision, but my thought on this is I always try to support a T-shaped marketer. I think you're gonna be the most valuable, have the most earning potential if you uh, position yourself as a T-shaped marketer, which uh, just to define that is you have, it's horizontal and vertical. So uh, in the form of a T. So the, the breadth is you have awareness across a lot of things in the digital marketing space. Doesn't mean you have to be an expert, but to your point earlier, you know how coding works. Maybe you know about SEO and what that means. But then you have your, your, your specialty and your vertical focus and it doesn't have to be just one channel. So in that vertical, you may say, I want to be the best at um, or I want to be good at, skilled at uh, running ads in social media. And then coupled with that is I want to be really good at uh, paid search ads in Google. So you have a paid media vertical and you become skilled and, and you get certified, you get experience doing those things before you even get your first job interview. Um, so if you follow that path and you even reference the fact that you are looking to become a T-shaped marketer, that will matter when it comes to that first interview. Um, you know, I also like to think of it as putting in the context of school, uh, have a major and a minor. So the major and the minor will be what is your vertical specialty. So sure. You can say you want to be an SEO specialist. That's great. But it would be smart if you couple that with email marketing, or it'd be smart if you couple that with. Uh, writing or copywriting, because copywriting and SEO work very closely together in terms of crafting and creating uh, content that knows how to uh, focus on specific keywords and phrases. Uh, so think of major/minor as kind of your, you know, what what two channels would you want to to focus in on, uh, and then get that first job because it's I think it's I think it's I won't say easier, but if you just do a couple searches right now for paid social, paid search, SEO, content marketing. Uh, like so uh specialist coordinator they're out there and they're looking for that specific skill and they they don't care if you don't they don't care whether you have zero years experience or two years' experience but it's specifically focused on that, and thus you can really prepare yourself better for that conversation versus digital marketing assistant digital marketing coordinator, which is they want you to do everything uh, which doesn't mean you can't do it but if you're specialized, then you can align with those special positions.
0: And what do you think, or, you know, what are the big core um, things that people could specialize in? You know, I I can name a couple out of the top of my head. I'm sure you can name them all, but what are, what is there like, like, you know, is there a rule? Is there a, is there like a specific number? Um, What are they, I guess?
1: In terms of the, the, The digital uh, marketing
0: aspect of it. So I know like, you know, uh, yeah, SEO is probably one of them. Email marketing is probably not another one. But what are the big majors, right? If we're talking about it back to like thinking about school, what are the big majors that people can specialize in?
1: Yep. Yeah, good Good question. So uh, SEO would be one, search, and, sh- search engine optimization, and that's going to include both on-site and off-site. Then there's uh, paid search, which is just focusing on um, uh, ads that appear when you do a search in Google or uh, Bing. Then there's, I'll say social media that has two components, social media, paid social. So you know how to spend dollars in uh, ads within Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere there's an ad network, which is pretty much any social network. Then there's social media management, which is more on the, I want to manage a brand's social media presence. I want to be the one who creates their content calendar. I'm in control of what I post where and when. Uh, and then content marketing would be another, it's a bit of an aggregator, meaning content marketing brings in certain, like a combination of different skills, but content marketing is going to be focused on copywriting. I'm really good at, at, at creating copy that, that, that generates action. Uh, email marketing. So I know how to create an email funnel uh, or a chat bot, which is becoming more popular in that context. So knowing how to write a series of, of messages whether delivered through email or through chat. Um, I'd say that's content marketing. Uh, Analytics. So there are analyst positions where you are put into a position to be the person to tell stories from the data. We're up 20%. Why? Well, your job would be to help to reverse engineer and figure that out. Um, I think there's an element of, I'll call it, I just had this conversation with someone today, which is interesting is that there's a word, the word affiliate marketing is something that's been traditionally, you know, tied to e-commerce space of, um, you know, getting people to refer a link back to your store and they get credit, et cetera. But it's starting to, it's starting to merge with a, a bunch of different areas. So think of it as like maybe partnership marketing is kind of the catch all phrase where mm-hmm. it include like affiliate marketing, which is knowing how to, how to generate partnerships, give a link to someone they can share on your behalf. Influencer marketing, which is a loaded statement, but Um, there's a partnership element to that which requires you to find and and work with you know niche micro or um, you know larger influencers and then content marketing to a sense kind of falls in line more from a content partnership standpoint so um, sharing content probably like some of the deals you're talking about where there's a um, co-creation of content that's going to be valuable to a certain audience so Partnership marketing, I think, is, is something that's starting to become a little bit more popular, but hard to figure out and hard to kind of put one sort of title against it. But for somebody who's thinking like maybe you're thinking about sales, but you don't want to be a salesperson, well, well that partnership marketing trifecta could be a, a place to start.
0: And what do you think, do you see, is there any particular one or a couple of them that you see there's a higher demand for than the others?
1: I think um, content marketing was something that was, I won't say, it, it, it's funny because, you know, we, we remember hearing the, the uh, email is dead story. Everyone's been talking about that for the last 10 years. Uh, it's starting to similarly come up with content marketing where people feel like there's just too much content out there. Forget it. Like, you know, everyone's thought of it. Everyone's done it. You know, content marketing becomes a thing where it needs a little bit more. Um, it's still valuable, but I think it's kind of, it's looking for a regeneration and kind of like a, a phase two. Um, but I think content marketing is probably the, the would be a good focus point, um, leveraging how to write, leveraging how to create series and content that's going to re- resonate with a particular audience. Um, I'd say that would be a, a, a good place to start in terms of becoming marketable. Quite frankly, any of these would work, but that's the one that if all things change, i often ask this question in an interview, if Facebook and Google were to disappear tomorrow, how would you connect with your customers? Well, the ad thing that goes out the window, right? social media to some degree out the window. How do you still connect with your customer? I know how to write, I know how to get their attention I know how to connect with them at some level through the power of word or the power of image or something else so I think um I mean, look at the 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 social networks that are becoming very popular is leaning a lot on creativity and videos um which feeds into content marketing. So understanding what kinds of content will help to connect with a specific audience. How,
0: you know, I'm gonna narrow down, like a couple last questions, you know, what are some things that a student that's, you know, looking to have, get a really good job in marketing, we're a top 50 company, you know, one of the top tier marketing jobs developed for them. What are things that they can do to help them stand amongst the crowd? any advice on that aspect
1: yeah if you want to be the person who makes it to the callback list for a job interview uh, a couple things you can do one is uh, your linkedin profile your resume and you should have a personal brand site it's yourname.com it's something that you can point to that serves as again you're not trying to drive tons of traffic to it it just is a way to to round out your personal brand so if you have those three things that they should be consistent say the same thing look similar. Uh, have a similar uh, headshot. That's a starting point. Now, what goes into them? So, um, depending on the role you're going after, uh, if you're in, going for a content marketing role at Coke, well, you better have um, you better have examples of your writing work uh, to show somebody for a content marketing role. So, put that into LinkedIn. Put that into your personal brand site. Uh, link to articles that you submitted to your own, you know, whether it's things you publish on your own networks, or things that you may have uh, written in college, but you gotta have assets. You gotta have examples of your work. Um, and that's best. that can best live on a personal brand site, which to be honest, any one of us should be able to set it up in a weekend because it isn't that hard. It yeah. isn't that hard. You need like four sections, maybe three sections on a personal brand site. All these sites make it really easy. Uh, The other thing, again, to stand out from other candidates, knowing that every marketing job has at least 200 applications, is it's about preparation. Have your questions ready. Um, Don't ask the questions everyone else is going to be asking. Uh, Do the research so that you can ask the question that that shows that you've thought through, not just the role, but think about the business and the industry. Macro factors to micro factors is kind of how to think about it. Have a question for each. Um, and then there's this, um, this other option is, is basically come to the interview and the conversation prepared with something that shows that you're ready to start tomorrow. Like literally lets them feel like this person could start tomorrow and I'd feel comfortable. So that means like having a deliverable, having a 90 day plan that says, Hey, if I were to start tomorrow, here, so I think I would manage my first 90 days, uh, show how you would be accountable show what you would learn, show how you would talk to other people. Um, Or it could just be, I did an audit of your, one of your brands. And I found these, you know, kind of do a teardown or an audit that says, I think there's some opportunity here and you're not trying to be um, a naysayer, but you're just trying to show how you think. And I think those sorts of pieces show that this is somebody that is prepared, ready to go. And I can see them working with us, you know, as soon as you know, as soon as possible.
0: You gave so many so much so much awesome advice. Um, I, I, again, I talk about creating a career portfolio and creating your website, which is you know a, a digital version of your career portfolio. And I don't think that there's any better major that a career portfolio plays with your the strengths of a marketing student because, um, that is that one major that creativity is great. And so the more creative you can get on your website, the more creative you can get on on your physical career portfolio. I remember, um, an example of, um, actually an individual that has her marketing that she now has a marketing company of herself for the last five years. But when we were were in college around the same time, she was interviewing with a uh, company that distributed wine. And I remember she was sharing how her leave behind was an empty bottle of wine, but the, (laughs) the label of the wine was her resume. Oh, wow. That's great. And so, and so again, I think when you're applying for, when you're applying for marketing roles like that, I always think about outside the box and look at the marketing campaigns that that company or that agency has out there to get inspired to say, okay, they're okay with out of the box thinking. And generally most of them are. Um, one thing I don't, and I don't know if it's still out there. Um, I'm ashamed to say this. One of my failures was a marketing business. So I had a marketing business for about a year, about four years ago. Um, but back then, one of the things that was, um, that you could do is that Google will give you $10,000 of free AdWords spend for a nonprofit. Right. And if I was going back to be a marketing student and I really wanted to focus on the vertical of paid search, um, I would partner up with a nonprofit and manage a creative campaign, which I now have $10,000 of essentially free money that I can then go not only show results for the nonprofit and make an impact in my community, but as well as show that in the interview and say, here's the numbers, here's the facts. See, this is what I learned.
1: Absolutely, I mean, you bring up a great point because I was gonna say, again, for, to stand out in the interview, it's about being memorable. And uh, how, can you, how else can you be more memorable than to walk in with some experience that says, uh, I just graduated, but I, I decided to work for free to get the experience. Now that could be for a friend's pizza shop or something else, or it could be for yourself. I invested $500 that I made cutting lawns to run ads to my own personal brand site to see if people would check out my resume. And here are my here's my results. That's gonna matter because you know who, who's not doing that? The other 499 people that are applying for the job. Um, and there's now starting to be companies that allow you to get that experience in, in the form of apprenticeships. Another company I work with is uh, genm.co. And that's their business model is we'll give you hands-on experience with a business that needs marketing help. Um, just so you can get the experience, show that on your resume, take that into, uh, into, a, uh, an opportunity for a company, for a marketing position, completely supporting students, uh, both in school, out of school, or any new marketers, uh, is just a way that addresses how to give that hands-on experience that is so valuable when it comes to digital marketing roles. Cause you're right. The barrier is so low, uh, everybody should be able to find a way to generate some traffic to their site, have a story to tell about it. Because like I said before, every marketer, you gotta be creative and you gotta know how to, 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 to look for data and collect data. So um, you, you apply those two things in, the, in some of the examples you're talking about, and that's absolutely the way you're gonna stand out.
0: Yeah, and because I think students need to think about this, um, not just marketing students are applying for marketing jobs. Um, right. There's a lot of English, you know, psychology majors that don't necessarily might get a job in what they went to school for and marketing is, it's, it's one of those careers that you can apply for and get jobs with, if you don't have a marketing degree, because all these companies are looking for a lot of those soft, you know, creativity, writing skills. And but the, re- the reality is that sometimes students who are not in business majors might actually have those writing and communication skills better than business students.
1: Exactly. I mean, I've seen a lot of, um, I've hired a lot of content people for content roles that were the editor of their high school, uh, I won't say newspaper, but high school yearbook, high school online newsletter, whatever it was, which is very powerful because they know how to operate uh, quickly when it comes to creating written content. Uh, That's just the kind of role that we, that's just kind of skill we need. They may not even know, you know, what HubSpot is, but if they know how to translate ideas into writing, um, that all, that all can be taught.
0: Yeah. Eric, one th- last question. Um, well, two last questions. One is if there's one thing, only one thing that students listening to this podcast can, should take away from this episode, what would you hope that would be one thing though?
1: No, yeah, two, one. no, three. Don't give me no one, one. The one thing is, and this is advice I, I, I wish I would have given myself, when I was in college, is you have to find a mentor. Find a mentor uh, because, yes, there's, there's value in navigating and figuring out stuff yourself, but there's also value in making sure that you're connecting with somebody to guide you and push you so that you get the best version of yourself at all the, the milestones of your career uh, start, starting as soon as now.
0: Love it. And Eric, if, if, if students listening to this want to learn more about um, what you do, what the marketing help is, um, and just ask you questions. What's the best way to reach you?
1: Yep, you can email me directly, uh, Eric. So it's E R I K at the marketinghelp.co, or just go to the check out our free tools, um, and then connect with us there as well.
0: Excellent. I will make sure to put all that um, Eric's
1: email and uh, the marketing help website on our show notes. So
0: you can go there and click it. Eric, thank you so much for being an amazing guest and everybody listening to this podcast. Thank you so much and catch you on the next episode. made it to the end of the podcast just want to remind you if you are interested in signing up for that free training class on how to land a job with a fortune 500 company head to mastering college to career.com forward slash free training to sign up this is a live class so you will be able to ask me questions and remember it's limited to the first 100 students see you there If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I wanna take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career. Doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's gonna set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job, keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, Please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.